Today on We Hear, it's a tough week to be named Tom. We'll talk about Thomas Middleditch and Tom Hiddleston's two separate bizarre sexual experiences. The woman whose story inspired the movie Hustlers joins us and reveals what she felt JLo got wrong. And Page Six caught Jennifer Lawrence and her fiance at a New York City courthouse, but did they tie the knot? Oh my God. We're on Page Six? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across Page Six. Page six would have a field day. Hey guys, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore. And welcome to We Hear, the Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. I finally saw Hustlers. And Maggie, do you think JLo's going to win an Oscar? I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I was really impressed. And I'm not the only one. So Hustlers has scored the biggest debut ever for a movie starring women of color. You might remember Jennifer Lopez has been talking about all of the rigorous training she went through to do this amazing pole dance scene, which like that alone could get her an Oscar nom. And the film was written and directed by a woman, Loreen Scafaria. So it's like, this is a female powerhouse, this production. But not everyone is a fan of the movie, apparently. Maggie. Apparently. So we had Samantha Barbash, who is the real woman who JLo portrays in Hustlers. She came into our studio and she told us what she really thinks of being played by JLo. Yeah, and she told us some behind the scenes information about the director as well as. Uh, the character that Constance Wu plays, Rosalind Keough. And the movie is from the perspective of Rosalind Keough, essentially, of Constance Wu's character. So you really see it through her eyes. I mean, if you look at the headlines leading up to the Hustlers premiere, we had Constance Wu is a total diva, and diva Constance Wu demanded top billing for Hustlers. So basically, you know, the issue was that Constance Wu kicked off this whole diva reputation when her show Fresh Off the Boat was renewed mm -hmm. and she tweeted, ugh, F, I'm literally crying right now that the show was actually renewed. Mm -hmm. And we started looking into this and talking to people who were behind the scenes of the film Hustlers. Right. And it turned out that behind the scenes, she was also a total diva on the on the set. Wow. She wouldn't do interviews. They had rented her a $6.5 million Chelsea penthouse that she was staying in, and she brought her pet bunny to stay with her in the penthouse, and the pet bunny pooped and peed all over the place. She didn't have permission to have the bunny there. And according to the cleaning lady, the place stank and... I wonder what the bunny felt about Constance Wu's character receiving a chinchilla coat in Hustlers. <laughs> there are a lot like, of ridiculous the, furs in that film. Even the bunny is saying that, like, yeah, pfft. she was wrong. But so in any event, I think the real winner in Hustler success is actually Constance Wu. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't really have any other big projects lined up after Hustlers. Right. And she also was reportedly a diva on the set of Crazy Rich Asians, which was her first breakout movie, but was also another huge hit. Mm -hmm. And I think that in Hollywood, as long as it's a hit, they'll put up with your behavior. Mm. But as soon as it's a, a flop, you know, it's like they won't. So I think for Constance Wu, she must be breathing a sigh of relief because the fact that Hustlers is so big, everyone's going to continue to hire her. She'll move on. And also now it's like everyone involved with this film is going to be getting along. They're going to end up being on the awards circuit. This film's going to have a long shelf life mm -hmm. and everyone can like move past this. Right. And they filmed this movie in 29 days, I believe. And it came out six months later. It's They're hustling. They're hustling. All right, so let's get into our first story. It's been quite the week on page six for men named Tom. 
So first up, you have Thomas Middleditch, who stars in HBO Silicon Valley. He gave an interview to Playboy where he said swinging saved his marriage. Yes, that kind of swinging, people. And an audience member at a Broadway play starring Tom Hiddleston was accused of masturbating during the show. I mean, where do I even begin? Thomas Middleditch is on Silicon Valley, but he's also in those Verizon commercials, Ian. Like, this is a guy who's talking about the 4G LTE network. Right. It's like, what's he using his Verizon phone for? Just setting up, like, <laughs> swinging. I mean, yeah, it does seem like pretty bad timing for him. The other thing is that his character on Silicon Valley, I mean, he's obviously this, he looks like this sort of nerdy guy. Mm -hmm. He's also Canadian. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So he seems like this sort of mild-mannered, nerdy Canadian, but has come out as a kind of pervy, mild-mannered Canadian. <laughs> He's been married since August 2015. He's married to Molly Gates, who's a costume designer. And he gives this interview and he says, like, I don't know how much I can say because I don't want my wife to be mad at me. And then he discloses all this about his personal life, their sex life, you know? Well, what did he actually say in the article, Maggie? What are some all right, of the so things here's he said? I mean, if quote. he had just said, hey, we have like an unusual you right. know, sex life, I Fine. guess it would... He said, only after I got married was I like, Molly, I'm sorry, but we have to get non-traditional here. To her credit, instead of saying, F you, I'm out, she was like, let's figure this out. To be honest, swinging has saved our marriage. We have different speeds and we argue over it constantly, but it's better than feeling unheard and alone and that you have to scurry in the shadows. Well, I have a theory that I about maybe why he had said this. I guess if you want to announce that you're a swinger, you want to widen your pool of mm -hmm. potential people to swing with, right? So, right. Because it's like, if you're scurrying in the shadows, as he said, and you're like operating at this other speed, you would want to be out there to like get more people scurrying with you <laughs> in the shadows. But the thing is, then he mentions that his wife isn't really that into it. So, right. it, you know, it might be a bad idea. The writer asks him about, you know, sleeping with fans. And... Thomas says, that's one of the trickier elements of it all because Molly doesn't get that and yet she has to witness it. I'm like, come on, what about this chick who's obviously really into me? And Molly will say, yeah, she's into you. Where do I fit in? That question comes up. Like, of course it does, dude. This girl is living her life as a costume designer and you're on an HBO show getting that Verizon money. I'm sure he is approached quite often by people. Right. And he also says it's a game of inches on a minefield. A does that describe the the, <laughs> the sexual situation? Interesting like choice a of game words. Of inches on a minefield. <laughs> that might be an accurate depiction of what's going on. I mean, the interesting thing is that so Silicon Valley is ending with this season, and the season starts October twenty seventh. So I wonder sometimes when you hear this from a celebrity, if he's trying to break away from that depiction on television, if he's trying to get cast in edgier roles, if he's trying to kind of open up his wheelhouse to other other characters he could play. I like, that's a good theory, you know? Maggie. Maybe he's trying to break away from that squeaky clean image. Another thing about Silicon Valley is, you know, his co-star, TJ Miller, who's now off the show, bizarrely threatened to blow up an Amtrak train. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and now Thomas Middleditch has sort of threatened to blow up his career. Oh, man. That was some dad humor right there. <laughs> so something that we have no jargon for is this Tom Hiddleston story, which is insane because 
friends of mine texted it to me, which rarely happens as I read like every story on page six working here. They're just like, I can't believe this story. This is so crazy. Right. We may have come up with some jargon for it, though, because I think the headline said that a fan did the hiddle diddle. Oh my God! Uh, give me the give me the synopsis of what's happening here. In so the story basically, end. there's a there's a theater sort of chat board called All That Chat. Chat board? Yeah, or called All Forum. That Chat. Forum. <laughs> Forum. All of those. And someone posted on that that they were sitting next to a woman who was acting very oddly during Tom Hiddleston's new play, Betrayal. So mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston, from the who plays Loki in The Avengers, is in his Broadway debut in this play, which is a very sort of steamy play. Mm-hmm. And this th- theater goer in the audience said that during the show, he, they were sitting next to this woman and, quote, my companion could feel a rhythmic banging against his armrest punctuated by occasional low moans and giggles. It got faster and faster until there was one slightly louder ha, and she resumed her normal seat position, put her head back, and closed her eyes. So what do you think was I mean, happening, Maggie? I think I'm probably just never going to sit in a Broadway seat ever right. again well, because I'm traumatized by this description. Also... Well, the commenter did say, basically, or one commenter to the post said, the show is really wonderful and the cast first rate, but you might want to avoid seat B3. But I all, like, okay, there are ushers in Broadway shows who will spot someone checking their cell phone from rows and rows and rows of seats away and just, like, scurry up to them quickly. I'm really surprised that no one else no notices. Like, an usher's job is often to watch the audience and make sure everyone's behaving. Well, also, close to the show's climax, when Tom Hiddleston walked down stage to passionately kiss his co-star, uh, Zowie Ashton, the panting woman kicked off round two, again, adjusting in her seat, furiously pounding her armrest, letting out a ha, and then dozing off. The power of live theater. Exactly. Then she enthusiastically applauded at the end of the show. So there have been reports that Tom Hiddleston is actually dating his co-star in the play, Zowie Ashton. Mm -hmm. But I've talked to my theater sources and they say that maybe there might have been something there quietly going on, but they're like no longer together. So apparently he is available. His relationship a little more quiet than this audience member. Right. I hope that we actually we have been trying to find this person. Really? So if you're out there and you want to come forward, you can let us know. Hey, I'm here with Samantha Barbash, whose story was the inspiration for Hustlers, the new movie with Jennifer Lopez. Thanks for coming in, Samantha. Thanks for having me. But you're not totally thrilled that your story was the inspiration for the movie, right? Because you didn't have anything to do with the movie. They kind of you you're saying they basically took your story. Well, I chose not to partake because I wasn't going to give up my TV and film rights Mm -hmm. because I have a series in the works. And Jennifer doesn't work for free, so why should I? That's a great point. (laughs) (laughs) And have you... So the movie is now out. I know that before the movie came out, you and your attorney had been saying that you were going to explore legal action against the film. Is that still the case? And have you seen the movie? We won't talk about the legal aspect, okay. but yes, I have seen the movie. And what did you think of the movie? Can you uh, say? I thought that they defamed me as a mother and my mm-hmm. character in one part of the movie. And what part was that? Where they were cooking drugs in the in stove the with a mm-hmm. child there. I mean, first of all, that concoction is unheard of. Mm-hmm. 
didn't, didn't go down like that at all. Um, I think there's drug dealers for that. And to be honest, <laughs> and the, the other part where the, the men are at the bar and they're turning the head and the girls, are, yeah, you know, that definitely didn't go down like that. So that's why you guys got to read my book, Underscores, to have the real truth. So, I mean, a big thing that I've read with all the coverage is that the storyline of these two women being friends and kind of working together is not we really true. We worked together, but we didn't have a sisterhood. I didn't give her a chinchilla. Right. I listened to <laughs> <laughs> they had to glamorize it for Hollywood. Right. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. The movie had no storyline. Jennifer did great in the movie. Her mm-hmm. body looked amazing. She did stuff that I wish I could do on the pole. Right. Um, like she came out, she, she really stole the show, and they would have never had an, a movie without her. And I think she is going to win. What is it, an Oscar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She, I think she's going to win an Oscar for her performance, not for the movie. Right. Because the movie, um, and I'm not hating. I'm honestly, right. like, it's really why should I hate? I chose, they asked me to do it, and I turned it down. Jennifer looked cold-hearted in that movie. I'm not a cold-hearted person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did take in stragglers. <laughs> that I, right. I do. I admit that. I, I, you know, I always try to help people. So right. that's always been my downfall because I always get the, I don't know if I'm not going to curse on here, but I get, <laughs> I get the, the bad end of the stick. Um, but I do always try to help people. And uh, so that part she got right. Something else that's like a real clear delineation in the movie is just how much money you were making at the height of a lot. things. <laughs> Could you, could you, like, throw out some figures? Do you have, like, one night that you made such an incredible amount of money you'll Almost never 50, forget it? Almost 50000 Almost $50,000 in a night? Yeah. That's insane. And that was, like, I think I'm low. And was that, like, a, <laughs> that like a Tuesday or just, like, a regular Could have been day? on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it was a regular. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be at the, uh, very honest with you. At the very end, I feel like there was a lot of greed. The mm-hmm. money was never enough. Right. And um, I feel like this was a blessing in disguise that I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of remorse. Um, but... I would have never got it. If I didn't get arrested, I, it's very hard to get out of that business. Right. You're making so much money. How could you walk away? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it is really hard. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm t- in a totally different... I would never go back. Yeah. I go to the strip clubs. I throw money at all my, my friends, whether, you know, in New York, L.A., Vegas. I love yeah. the strip clubs. But to go and visit, I could never see myself doing that again. And right. not that I think I'm above it. I right. just... After what happened to me, I just could never go back. And you mentioned in the book, right, some of the, like... crazy like shopping trips that you went on and some of the ways that you spent the money which sounds actually pretty fun most people don't get to have those experiences people people think like the guys were twisted they had to be drunk to take you shopping not at all i swear not at all you mentioned the like there, there was one client who i think you went on this like epic shopping trip and then he said let's do it again tomorrow yes. or something like that yeah what was that that was the Louboutin guy uh we went at six o'clock in the morning so I was I'm a big shoe lover and I knew the manager at Louboutin I called him up I said I have a client in town he wants to take a shopping well he wanted to take me and I took my two girlfriends mm-hmm. um and we were at the strip club but he just he flew in he wasn't drunk mm-hmm. remotely so I mean they have to ask that before they open they don't want to get a charge back right. so he said as long as the guy is not drunk and he has to spend a minimum of $30,000 which indeed he spent almost 80 and I brought my two best friends she's in the book Hannah and she was actually a little drunk that night she was drinking I said open your eyes we're in Christian Louboutin I, like, I felt like Paris Hilton that night because who, the hell, <laughs> who am I for the Christian Louboutin to open the store he was not drunk at all we oh. went to dinner after that at Smith & Molesky's. Wow. Yeah. And that's all in my book, Underscores. Well, you mentioned also celebrities. I mean, you did refer in the excerpt that we ran that there was a a very big R&B singer with a volatile temper, uh-huh. right, who 
Um, did you worry about, I don't know, have you heard anything about that or did you worry that that would like tip people off about who it was or no, was it vague enough? People where... think it's Drake, but it wasn't Drake. <laughs> I wish it was Drake. <laughs> I'm a big fan, right. but it wasn't Drake. Um, no, not at all. And in that incident that you, you, you mentioned that basically there was this R&B singer at at the club and he wanted to bring a bunch of women home with him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But he was too, he was sort of too, he, he <coughs> was so paranoid that he had you and the other women like immediately sign NDAs, oh, yeah. basically. Was that like a stand, did that only happen one time or were there other people who would want you to sign Big celebrities NDAs? like that wants you to sign they, or they just take your phone away mm-hmm. if, oh, you're, wow. if they're doing bad things. Right. <laughs> and I've seen it all. <laughs> And you mentioned like that you support sex workers or strippers. I mean, and and you even posted on Instagram recently that you do because apparently there was a misperception. Yeah, people think that I'm upset that um, that I'm not admitting that I was a stripper in my earlier years, and that I'm not like supportive, and I'm I'm basically mad or I was suing J Lo because she was portraying me as a stripper. That is not the case why I'm mad. She defamed me as a mother and a cat. Well, it's not only her. It's the whole production company, but Mm -hmm. she is part of the production team. Um, And there's many other things, but I totally, my book is for sex workers, Mm -hmm. actually. And I've been getting a lot. Actually, I want to be a motivational speaker for them because there's a lot of young girls now that think this life is so glamorous. And let me tell you, it's far from glamorous. Mm -hmm. So your son, obviously, he's grown up now. He's 25. Okay. So what was it like for him going to see this movie? Was he like, wow, like I never... Well, well, he knew everything. Right, okay. Yeah, so him and his girlfriend, they live with me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he knew everything right. beforehand. Obviously, he, he was... What he. I mean, I'm very close with my son. Right. Um, so he knows everything. And, uh, yeah, he said he's, he got really upset that I left the movie, but mm-hmm. he actually um, made me go back in and watch it. He mm-hmm. was like, Mom, this is Hollywood. He was like, you can't get upset. He was like, this is just Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, how could I not get upset? They're betraying me. You said before that you're working on a series based on your book as well? Yeah. If you could cast someone to play you in that series, who would it be? Well, I I can't be Cardi anymore because she (laughs) she already played in the movie, and I feel like it's a little conflict of interest as much as I would love her to. Um... I don't know, actually. I, yeah. I would. I, I was actually, you know, thinking. I don't. I don't know if I want a big celebrity mm-hmm. or just a regular girl. There's one girl that I I, I love, uh, Sasha Grace. She mm-hmm. was a porn star yeah, back in the day, know. and I kind of thought she did such an amazing. She, you know, she's. Uh, I think she's out of porn now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I thought about her. She was in the girlfriend experience. She was in a movie. She was in a movie called The Girlfriend She did a great job in Entourage. That's where I first met her. So uh, I did have her crossing my mind because she's been important. She wasn't in the same business exactly as me, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I did have her in mind. Cool. Great. Well, well, we'll I hope we have that. you back on when yeah. your show comes out. Please come back. Listen, you never yeah. know. Maybe it's going to be a movie. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Please come back. <laughs> I would love to come back. In true Page Six fashion, this week we got a scoop on an A-list wedding that no one saw coming. Our trusty Page Six spies caught Jennifer Lawrence and Cook Maroney leaving New York City's Marriage Bureau. We discovered a now-deleted tweet that read, When you go get your marriage license and Jennifer Lawrence walks by to tie the knot before your eyes. 
While J-Law and Cook kept things low-key, they were joined by two security guards and a photographer. Adding fuel to the wedding speculation fire, an insider recognized that photographer was none other than Mark Seliger, the portrait photographer who has shot covers for Rolling Stone, Vanity Fair, and GQ. Joining us is New York Post editor-at-large, Sarah Nathan. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hey, Sarah. Hi. So, Sarah, we got this photo, basically. Somebody saw Jennifer Lawrence and Cook Maroney, her fiancé, at the wedding bureau in New York. And initially, we sort of thought, like, oh, they're just, like, picking up their marriage license, Mm -hmm. right? Because they were, like, dressed kind of down and she had a piece of paper but there started to be some clues that maybe this was more than just picking up their marriage license. I know, well we actually did a bit of sleuthing, didn't we? We actually, we went onto Twitter, we then put variations of (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence and courthouse, Jennifer Lawrence marriage, and lo and behold, this guy had just, only an hour before, posted this tweet and said, you know, oh my God, I can't believe they walked past us. So I thought, okay, let's let's get hold of him. So I phoned him. The poor guy said, oh my goodness, I didn't think anyone was going to look at my tweets. <laughs> so I said, you know, what did they look like? Did they seem happy? He said, I just saw them. He said they looked really happy. Um, I, oh, please don't put my name. And I said, fine, great. We started digging on and the photo. And he said, right, that he, he like was like, I only have 100 followers, yeah. right? Well, well that, here you go, kids. I mean, when you when you post anything on social, anybody can see it. It doesn't matter if you've only got 100 followers. And the fact that he actually said, saw them get married before right, my eyes. before my eyes. Then, like, got totally freaked out by Sarah and, uh, <laughs> right. you know, hung up the phone. Fu- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... We then took another look at the photos and started looking for clues and we thought at first the photographer could be just your average pap. And then we looked at the photo of the photographer and I was like, hang on a minute, your average paparazzi photographer doesn't wear double denim, doesn't look that (laughs) chic, doesn't have that expensive a looking a camera. And then Ian found out it was Mark Seliger who... Every year at the Oscars, the really fancy, swanky Mm -hmm. Vanity Fair Oscars party, he's the one that does um, this lovely photo booth. Mm -hmm. Then we look at Cook, and then Cook is covering his marriage finger, his marriage hand, Mm -hmm. his wedding finger. That's the word I was looking for. His ring finger. Yeah, his ring finger. So Ian goes, "Oh look, he's he's covering it," and. There was a woman trying to stop people getting photos. And so we thought, hang on a minute, you're not going to take this really fancy photographer with you just to go and pick up your marriage license. Mm-hmm. We kept phoning her rep and we and we know, we know we know her rep, nothing like no phone calls back, no messages. It was total silence. Right. Usually they'd get back at least and say, like, this is totally wrong. You guys are crazy. They're picking up their marriage license. And the thing about this story is that initially, and we were sort of looking at it like through the throughout the day and like working on it, because initially I thought, well, if it's two engaged people picking up their marriage license, kind of who cares? But once we started to realize that they had actually probably got married. I mean, that hasn't been officially confirmed, but it sure seems like it. And it was very funny because Sarah, when she saw the photographer who was in the kind of picture that we had, as she said, he was wearing like this kind of cool, like, 
denim shirt and cool jeans. He had this like <laughs> very expensive, cool haircut. And Mark Seliger has shot Jennifer Lawrence for Time, the cover of Time magazine, mm-hmm. for Vogue Italia. He shot her for the cover of Elle France last year. So it would just be totally weird to bring this very high-end photographer, even if he's like a good friend of yours, to pick up your marriage license. Agreed. Definitely. And yeah, it's it's interesting too because, you know, they're getting married, but Cook Maroney we still don't know a lot about, even though Page Six has had, we've had the exclusive every bit of the way. We had the exclusive that they were dating. We've had the exclusive that they got engaged. Um, and now we've had the exclusive that we think that they're, they've gotten married, even though they are Sara, right? Having like a big, this wasn't like their only wedding. I mean, they're, no. they're having like a big proper blowout, um, right? No, I wrote, so Jennifer's just taken um, an entire year off work. Mm-hmm. And that's why you haven't seen that much of her. She gave these really good quotes saying that she was absolutely exhausted. She was wrecked and just needed some time to herself. Um, so that's why the only pictures you've seen of her have been out and about with Cook. Um, you'll see them sort of gallivanting around New York. And she's been very, very quiet. So we did, she went back to work, I think it was around August. Um, she has a new film project that she's um, doing. She's been filming in New Orleans, um, playing a army an, an army officer who comes back with um, severe PTSD. And... So what we, when we were digging on how her year had been, we were told, oh, they're going to get married, but they're going to have, it's just going to be for friends and family, and they want to have like a really good, like, low, you know, fun wedding. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume, although you shouldn't assume, but I can only assume that they tied the knots um, just to get the legal, the, the legalities all done and dusted, and then they're going to have some big fun wedding. I mean... Honestly, you can't imagine Amy Schumer not being there. Right. Of right. course. Or, you know, Jennifer has that kind of funny friendship with Chris Jenner that she's been yeah. like she's done a bunch of social media posts from like drinking yeah. with Chris Jenner, which I'm like, God, I would love to see this guest list. I know. Good luck to them. I'm sure they will appreciate that <laughs> sentiment when we exclusively report on their next thing. I'm sure they're, they're psyched. Anyway, thanks, Sarah, for coming by and it breaking it down. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's take a look in the Page Six vault to see what ancient celebrity juicy exclusive we've uncovered from yesteryear. Let's check out a Page Six story from 2007. Nearly 12 years ago, we ran a headline titled Just Like Tony. Here's what we wrote. After six seasons playing Tony Soprano on HBO, James Gandolfini has picked up a few of the characters' moves, including the ones he uses on the ladies. Spies at an after-party celebrating the series' final season at West 27th Street Spot Guesthouse saw a smooth Gandolfini pick up a girl Tony Soprano style. According to a witness, he chatted up a young brunette, led her to the dance floor, and gave her a spin. A rep for Gandolfini said James was celebrating with his friends, family, and the cast and crew at the party. Yeah, Maggie, you know, I, I wasn't here 12 years ago. And, and, was I, I. and I don't want to, and I love this item. I don't want to quibble with it, but to pick up a girl Tony Soprano style doesn't make me think of a smooth thing with chatting with someone and then giving someone a spin on the dance floor. <laughs> that would be more like, you know, picking up a stripper at the bada bing and then like 
dumping her body in the Pine Barrens. Soprano fan, Ian? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's like, I actually, after I read this, it did take me back where I was thinking about Tony Soprano's, you know, with the women. And it was like, I think Annabella Sciorra, uh-huh. like, they had an affair and then like mm-hmm. she ended up killing herself and then the other. So in, anyway, but I understand what the idea is. Like maybe instead of Tony Soprano style, it's kind of more like, you know, Frank Sinatra style or something yeah. like that. Or showing like, because Gandolfini had some charm and Tony Soprano, I guess, could be I mean, Tony charming. was so powerful. That was why he was successful with the ladies. People were attracted to them. Right. And he had a lot of money, et cetera. But, you know, James Gandolfini's birthday would have been last week on September 18th, and he would have been 58 years old. I know. It's so sad. He died in 2013. He was only 51, which is like, man, I think a lot about all of the roles he could play. We're actually going to have more Tony Soprano, um, coincidentally, this week when Mm -hmm. his son stars as Tony in the Sopranos movie. Yeah, the prequel, The Many Saints of Newark, is finally coming out. And I'm really excited to see it because there's been so much hype for so long. You know, people love The Sopranos. And this is finally giving us like another taste of the Tony Soprano origin story. Yeah, and maybe we'll write an item about James Gandolfini's son at the party for this movie. Hope so. Maybe he'll be twirling somebody on the dance floor. Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your other preferred podcast platforms. You can find more of the hottest celebrity news and gossip by signing up for our newsletter and by visiting page6.com. We'll be back next Monday with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.